guys this is wonderful i love this plant for those of you who know me i have this passion for hemp um i truly feel like the plant speaks to me and for a whole host of reasons you know um i i will be a strong advocate to, for my last breath for this plant because it does so many amazing things and in the process of assisting us that way Everything from putting clothes on us to the food that we ingest to the to the structure, the house that we can have over our head, um, all of these things and medicine, you know, in the process of doing that, it also is an amazing carbon sequestering plant, right? I know we we say plant trees, and I say yes, absolutely, plant as many forests as we, as we can but um, it might take 20 to 50 years for that forest to truly mature. This plant matures in somewhere between 100 to 120 days. And it carbon sequests maybe four to five times greater than some of most of the trees that are out there. Uh, and it also is wonderful at remediating soil. So please, 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 if you're not aware of hemp, please take a look at it. Um, I know that we've had some stigma in the past. This, uh, this country, this government decided to make it illegal for the longest time for a whole host of political and power control reasons. Um, we should never have done that. And I'm very grateful that it's coming back into the fold now. But now is the time that we need to let the plant be in its fullness because mother gave something to us in perfection. So... That's my soapbox moment on hemp. Um, okay, yes, I'm seeing right now on the screen, if you wanna support our work, please, please, we need support in a whole host of ways. We have a number of people who have volunteered, like today's event, we have volunteers who are helping in, in uh, behind the curtain as well. But we also need financial, right? We are a small nonprofit. There are only a handful of us that do a whole lot of work here. Um, I know I do maybe the job of two people. I can tell you Aisla does the job of four to five people. All right. Um, so none of this gets to happen without your support and um, in big ways and in small. So please, please think about that contribution for, uh, for her many voices. All right. So speaking of support, we're going to move on now to Haiti. Um, we were fortunate enough to, uh, well, let me back up a little bit. In 2010, there was an earthquake in Haiti, as many of you know. And it was my first introduction to Haiti. I, I went down there a few weeks after the quake and met some, um, I don't know, mind-blowing, heart-filling people. I, I, cannot, I cannot get over um, the experience I had there because I was with people who had, many of them had lost everything and everyone. And yet they spent time with me and could not uh, do more for me to make sure that I was comfortable um, in the midst of the rubble down there. So over a period of time, we developed a really strong relationships in Haiti. 
And in one area in particular in Sushushu, um, we were able to connect with the people, ask the women of the community what it was that they wanted. And their first request was a school for their children. It was a very, it's a very rural area and, um, and education is key as we know, no matter where you are on the planet. Um, and they needed, they needed something. So my partner in the Haiti projects, Tamar Kantav, who you will hear a little bit later today, she's going to be speaking on financial literacy. Um, the two of us partnered together and with the community, uh, we started working on building a, a school there in Trushushu. What started out as nothing more than twigs of bamboo and, um, and leaves and that sort of thing became something greater because students came and volunteer teachers came. And because of the work that we started, there was another organization that said, we will help you physically build the structure. And so today we have two buildings. Um, I don't know, at one point we had about 180 students. I'm not quite sure how many we have today, but they start at the, um, the very young age of three years old and they go all the way up. Some of these students are 21, 22 years of age. Um, so I asked if they would send a little video, which they have. And unfortunately, we got the video very late last night, but um, I, we don't have the, the, uh, the subtitles on it, but I will share with you that it starts out with um, some gratitude. The, the children are sharing that they love myself and Tamar Kantav. Um, they appreciate us, which we are very grateful for because we appreciate each and every one of you guys as well. Um, and then they start singing songs about Mother Earth and what does she give to us, you know? Um, at first, there's this tease of, oh, she doesn't do anything for us. She's not cooking for us. She's not doing this. But then there's the, the statement about she really does provide the food for us. She cares for us. She tends for us to us. And that starts with some of the older students in the classroom. And then we segue all the way down to the little ones and they start singing. They start singing a, a song about what mother gives to them as well. They talk about how she gives them um, all sorts of vegetables and fruits. Um, so any rate, let's go ahead and, um, and play this song, uh, excuse me, this video. And um, you know, you'll be able to feel what the children are talking about in, in this video. Nous 
plant them with our hands, with our hands, with our hands, and then we will plant them with our feet, like we do, like we do, we will plant them with our feet. Um, and then uh, the superintendent, Nasson, he's, he's asking about, uh, do you love Mother Earth? Well, yes, we do love Mother Earth. And the larger group at the end, when, when they are in a full circle, um, well, let's love Mother Earth. Mother Earth is for us. Let's love Mother Earth. Mother Earth is for us. So you've met some of our children in Haiti. Um, I, I, my heart just explodes every time we go down there. Um, you know, if you would like to join us, we do these, um, we periodically do these travel with a purpose, um, projects. And, um, and we've brought people from various parts of the world with us down to Haiti in the past. Uh, right now, Haiti is a little bit of a hotbed. Um, there has been a lot of political unrest and a lot of violence in the streets. So we have not, um, we've not been able to go at the moment um, for the last, I would say last year, that will change again. But um for those of you who have joined us in the past, you know, you know how your heart explodes when you spend time there. Um, we have brought in some, some folks have joined us and they've actually worked the entire time there. They've gone in as a teacher at the school and the children so are appreciative of the work that, um, that others bring to the table there. Um, they always enjoy learning another language as well. So Creole is the number one language throughout the country. Those um, who are working on education, usually French is the second language that they learn. And then oftentimes the third language is going to be either English or Spanish, depending on what region you are in Haiti. Um, so we have a couple of students who have learned a few lines in English, uh, which I am very grateful for because my Creole is terrible absolutely terrible. 10 years later, it's pretty bad. Any rate. So um, let's see. 
Let me let me see here. Tamar Kantav, I remember when this space was just a pavilion. Ah, oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, thank you for writing in. Yeah. So when we first started, like I said, Tammy and I went down to Haiti and um, we had no money. And uh, we so we had no real resources, but we had a determination. And with the community, we were able to build, you know, it's that whole, if you build it, they will come. We started building with, like I said, with twigs and branches and students came and teachers came and parents were very excited about this and they helped to support. And so for the longest time, that's where we were. At this point, Her Many Voices actually sponsors the school. Um, we are responsible for a number of the teachers there. Um, so, I am uh, I'm very happy to say that the, the school has thrived. Um, we have recently, we started doing a different project up at the school. It just started within the last month and a half or so. Um, a few years back, we were working with Henri uh, Jean, and he was the um, he was the intergenerational agricultural, instructor, uh, coordinator for our youth there. And unfortunately, about a year or so ago, Henri passed. And um, so we were left without the wisdom of this elder to work with other elders, as well as the students there, the young people there at the school. Um, we started out, we had plowed through, and we actually had crops that were growing and all of these beautiful things that were happening. And then, um, unfortunately, with Henri's passing, um, we lost a lot of that momentum. So the community has rallied again, and they have started all over with educating the young people. And um, the organization that we were, we were able to create is called the Henriette Foundation. And so we have um, agronomists and... Um, and a wide variety of farmers and uh, permaculturalists who work together with the students, helping them out there. And we have Adelaire Saint-Laurent to thank for that. Adelaire is one of the, the folks who works for Her Many Voices periodically. He and his brother, Emmanuel Saint-Laurent, have been very, very um, crucial in the work that we've been able to do at the school. In Intrushushu, in general, because not only do we work with these students here at the school, we also work with six women's um, organizations that were created. Basically, we partner with them. So, any rate, I've got the cue now. I think we're ready for our next video. This is another international, uh, excuse me, conservation international video. This is the Redwoods. Kid, I've been around a really long time. As a matter of fact, our kind has been around longer than just about anything. I've seen just about everything. Really? Like what? Well, I've seen weather. All kinds of weather. And lots of critters? Yeah. At first there were just some bugs and spiders, then some mice and rats and some rabbits and bears and skunks. 
Then, all of a sudden, there were humans. And all hell broke loose. Why? What did the humans do? Well, they changed wolves into dogs, rivers into lakes, and us into wood. They started using the planet like it was put there just for them. Act like they've got an extra one laying around. Why do they do that? Why don't they understand? I don't know. If they don't figure out that they're part of nature rather than just using nature, they probably won't be around to see you grow up. Um, if the voice, I don't know about the young voice, but if the male voice in that video was familiar, that was Robert Redford. And I neglected to say in the Mother Nature video, that was Julia Roberts. That was her voice. Eric McKee. Eric, how are you, sweetheart? It's good, good morning, to see good you this morning. morning. Happy Earth Day. Happy Earth Day, honey. So... This is a treat. Eric is a dear friend. Um, we met because of the hemp circle. Eric is not only the founder of Wonder Workshop, but he is also the founder of um, the U.S. Hemp Building Association. Um, that is his baby. And um, Eric, I, I have to say, the moment we met, we connected at such a core level. And everybody, within about five minutes of me talking about Haiti, Eric was like, I want to go. Let's go. Let's start. Let's start working with hemp in Haiti. And he went with us and we will be doing that again. Um, but we've stayed, we've had that connection between hemp and Haiti. And, um, and I want to thank you for that, Eric. Thank you. So I, I understand today, do we have Zoe with, with us too? No, she's, in school. she's in school participating okay. in Earth Day at school, but uh, she's all head to toe in hemp and she's ready to go and spread the gospel. And uh, yeah, she's, she's, she's going to be giving it to her classmates and teachers today. Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, Zoe, Eric's daughter, Zoe, she's, she's wonderful. And she can really teach you a great deal about hemp, the beauty of it, of this plant. And, um, and especially when it comes to the hempcrete structures, um, she was helping us out in our workshop. Um, and I have to say that I really got hooked into hemp. Um, I had been doing, you know, a lot of my own little research for a year or two prior. And then a mutual friend of ours, Tommy Nuhulu, who we, we will be hearing from a little bit later, said, you gotta, you gotta meet my buddy, Eric, and he's building a structure right now in Denver. And it was, it's the first permitted hemp structure. So I go down there and I had the, the pleasure of being able to get my hands dirty for the first time and actually help. I did my little part in helping build um, Eric's structure. And from that moment on, I was hooked. That was it, um, and and I've been I've been converted to this is how we should build every structure from that moment on. So Eric, thank you very much for joining us today. I understand you're going to be talking about conscious consumerism. Um, am I right? This is true. This is true. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Alicia. Thank you very much. Thank you to her many voices and the team. Uh, Miss Melissa Ivy, Alicia, uh, Acelia, Tammy, 
uh, everyone that works with the organization. Um, again, thank you so much, Alicia, for the introduction. My name is Eric McKee, and I am the owner of the Wonder Workshop here in Denver, Colorado. Uh, we are a hemp-focused uh, product development company, and uh, you know uh, I've been working in the hemp industry for essentially, essentially, essentially since uh, 2014. And um, uh, I had the amazing opportunity to join Alicia in Haiti in the, the, the spring of 2018. And, uh, you know, we had the tremendous opportunity to go to Wind Farm and participate in their workshops. We had the opportunity to help introduce industrial hemp to the country. But while I was there, you know, hemp, as much of it as much of it can be the answer is hemp you know it's not the only answer you know the other answers are you know we need to be more mindful of recycling we need to be more mindful of the products that we're using and how we're you know what their life cycle is like after we're done using them and uh, you know going to some places um you know where they don't have the re you know the trash uh services like we do here in the united states or other places you know, you really get an understanding of the urgency that we that we're facing today. And, um, you know, since I've left Haiti, you know, not only have I been focusing on hemp, but we've been focusing on, you know, what, you know, recycling processes and products that can take landfill material and, and, and repurpose them into, into usable products. And so uh, one of the products that we have is uh, this here is our, our reblock product. This is a 100% recycled plastic uh, interlocking block product. And, um, you know, this isn't just one type of plastic, it's all seven types of plastic. So, you know, we can essentially take anything, grind it up, clean it, and then and turn it into uh, a variety of different products. And so uh, this is something that I've, we've been spearheading uh, for the last three or four years now, it's now coming to market. And, you know, we're, we're trying to set these, you know, my end goal would be to be able to set up these services in Haiti and, you know, trying to, you know, clean up some waterways, clean up some, you know, roadsides and, uh, you know, the, the, the beaches and being able to utilize this plastic that has a, you know, life cycle of, you know, a thousand years. Um, but also, you know, this is what we can do with recycling. In addition to recycling, you know, even before we get there, you know, if we can purchase products that have less, less uh, packaging and, and less waste added to them from the get-go, that's another great way to, um, you know, just not have to deal with the recycling process to begin with. Uh, one of the plans I was hoping to have today and with our little pre-produced uh, uh, pre recording is I wanted to take you guys to a little stop shop here that we have here in Denver called Zero Waste. And Zero Waste is a shop boutique that, you know, carries a wide selection of products, but uh, their packaging, if it has any, is very earth conscious. And so I just like to ask that, you know, as in your adventures or in your shopping habits, you know, if you can take those uh, reusable shopping bags to the store, I know sometimes we forget them, but if you can just leave them in your car, you know, that is one of the biggest reliefs off of our waste that we could have. 
you know, I heard, read something this morning that the life cycle of a grocery trash bag is about 12 minutes, you know, so you use it from the time that you load up your groceries, get them home and get them in your cabinets. And then those trash, those plastic bags are wasted. So, you know, if you can take them back to your, your store and recycle them or, you know, find a way to reuse them, that's a great method to go as well. 12 so, minutes is painful. That's it, painful. It, it is painful. It is painful. So there's things like, you know, single use um, cutlery, you know, forks and knives. Uh, there's I we there's now um, a new product that we will be carrying. Uh, it's, uh, you know, hemp based straws. We also have hemp based cutlery. And, you know, these are all things that that decompose and compost within a matter of weeks uh, out in your garden. And uh, there's some uh, really amazing new products that are coming down the road that are definitely more eco-conscious and, you know, don't have just the use in mind, but have the end use in mind in the earth. And so I just want to say, uh, you know, as, as her many voices, uh, their, their motto is, you know, as I do for others, I do unto myself, you know, consider that the earth is the same as anybody else, you know, do unto mother earth as we would want to do unto ourselves and, you know, take care of ourselves. Let's take care of ourselves. Let's take care of Mother Earth. Let's take care of each other. And um, happy Earth Day, everybody. Thank you for allowing me to participate, Alicia, and her many voices. And uh, I can't wait to see you all again soon on some another amazing journey. Happy Earth Day, Eric. Thank you for coming out and, and sharing today with us. Um, so a couple of things. I want to know best way for folks to contact you. Um, you know, to get get the word on what's going on with the U.S. Hemp Building Association, get the word on what's happening with Wonder Workshop. Oh, I, I don't know if we've lost Eric or he's just frozen in time. Hopefully you guys can still see and hear me. Yes, right. we can. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that. And this, I think we should screenshot this for Eric because that's pretty awesome face. <laughs> it is a pretty awesome face. So um, I, I would give him a second to pop back in. Um, but I didn't want to leave you wondering if you were speaking okay, in there, there he is. Can we yeah. hear me? Yeah, we got you back. All right, Eric. Thank you. So I yeah. just, just okay. want to give you a little here's the wonder workshop. So you can reach out to me at ushba.org can reach out to me at the wonder workshop, uh, dot com, And, uh, yes, uh, info at USHBA, uh, is, is, is it always an excellent way to get a hold of me or okay. through her many voices. You can reach out to me through her many voices and we can con be contacted as well. That's true. That's true. If you, if you write info at her many voices, um, and just put in Eric McKee, we'll make sure Eric gets it. Um, Eric, it's a beautiful workshop. Um, I'm quite proud of the work that you do and grateful that we've been, uh, we were introduced and we had an opportunity to do some work together, um, which we will continue to do for the rest of our days. I know. We're I moving know. mountains, baby. We are moving mountains. That's right. That's right. And thank you again for speaking to the biodiversity, the importance of biodiversity in this world. Um, because we've forgotten those kind of things. And some of the reason why we've gotten out of kilter is because we removed hemp from the ability for everyday people to actually grow this. You know, for those of you who are not aware in this country in particular, in the U.S., 
Hemp was legal. It was encouraged. Farmers grew it. They could pay their taxes. You could pay your taxes with it. The $10 bill was made from hemp paper, you know? Um, Jefferson, um, who, Washington, Benjamin Franklin, these guys were hemp farmers. It's only so, been within it's only been within about the last hundred years, about the last eighty or eighty, 80 years, years yeah. about the last eighty years since the development, you know, DuPont with the development of nylon. You know, if you look at um, our grandparents, our grandparents didn't leave a lot of stuff behind. You know, they yeah. you know, our great grandparents did not leave a lot of stuff behind. And what was left, you right. know, whether it was their dresses or their furniture or their home goods, you know, all that stuff was recycled. All that stuff was composted. All that stuff went back to the earth because it was either made of metal, it was made of, uh, you know, stone, it was made of lumber, it was made of cotton or hemp, and you know what? Our ancestors knew. Sorry, Eric froze up again. Um, but you know what? This is the wisdom of our ancestors. They knew, and we're getting back to it. So, so thank you so much, Eric. Um,